Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Principles with Corey and Logan. You guys are going to love our guest today. Uh, his name is Dr. Jason Brooks. And actually, I met Jason when I was a guest on his podcast. And I, I remember being on his podcast and I could just feel his sense of joy. And I was like, man, I like that. I like that. I like that. So uh, I reached out to him, I guess it was just a few weeks ago. And I said, I'd love to have your joy, uh, Jason, <laughs> on our podcast. But also I know he's got some, he, he does a lot of great things with leaders. He's got a, some new things that he's got coming up um, to develop leaders and I'm sure he'll tell us a little bit about that as well. But Jason, welcome to the podcast. Man, Corey, it is great to be with you. I appreciate that. And, and thank you so much for the call out of the joy. I may not bring any other value, but at least I can bring a little light to the room. So we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, come on with it. That's awesome. Well, Jason, uh, you are in the in Tennessee, right? So you're outside of the Nashville area, correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. Just north of Nashville. Okay. Awesome. That's what I was thinking. Well, so Jason, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, those that uh, may not have listened to your podcast, may not know your story. Just give us a little bit of update on who you are. Oh my goodness. So you, you did put in the extra tape to go ahead and make sure that we've got uh, those four hours. Of, no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to go that long. You know, Corey, for me, man, my, my core kind of my reason for being is that I love to change lives and grow leaders. That's, that's who I am. That that's what I do. Uh, I think, I feel like that's my unique gifting that, that God put in my heart. And, and the cool thing is that I've had the opportunity to do that in so many different ways through the year. So I'll give you the reader's digest version. I, I, uh, I was the, the good dutiful son when I graduated from high school, I got my, I went off to college, I uh, graduated from Purdue, got my degree in general management, which was the absolute right thing to do. And uh, my dad reminded me that I would not be able to make a living out of my passion, which was really music and, and creating. So I, I went to business school, uh, which was, uh, you know, in hindsight, a great decision. So for the first six years of my career, I worked for six different companies. And, uh, you know, I kind of went from one place to the other. And looking back, one of the things that I realized about myself, Corey, is I love to come in. I love to pull things apart. I love to see how they work and, and what's going on with people and with businesses. And then you'll kind of re you'll recraft it and put it back together. And then, and then I'm ready to move on and have conversations with other folks. So uh, that was kind of the hallmark of my first six years. Um, I got about mid-career and I was working, uh, well, and all of that was kind of in the human resource organizational development uh, space. So about mid-career, I was working for a small restaurant company called Cracker Barrel Old Country Stores. Uh, you may have heard of them. Um, and I was the director of corporate human resources for them. One second, Jason. Hey, man, I, I live in Mississippi. We know all about some Cracker Barrel. Okay. So, yeah, you know, we're, we're good. Go for it. Love it. I love it, man. <laughs> Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> That's a food group down there in Mississippi, isn't it? <laughs> That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> so, 
I was getting ready to terminate the employment of, of a gentleman that had been with us for about six years. And it, Corey, it was the right thing to do from a business standpoint. But I knew this gentleman's story. And I knew that his wife had recently told him that she was having an affair. They were separated. Um, older teenage daughter had recently found out that she was pregnant. Younger teenage son was struggling with drugs and alcohol and, you know, just everything that goes along with that. And Corey, I brought this gentleman into my office. I sat him down um, and I said, I just need to let you know that today's going to be your last day. And he put his head down in his hands and he sat there for about 30 seconds. It was one of the longest 30 seconds of my life. And he looked up at me with tears in his eyes and he said, I understand. Thank you. And he walked out. And Corey, for me, that was one of these tipping point moments in my life when things became very clear. And at that moment, I made the decision that my life was going to mean more than policies and procedures and rules and regulations and just following the letter of the law that I wanted my life to be transformational for people, to help businesses to grow, to help organizations to thrive, but help individuals to be the best that they could be as well. So I was working in executive level role, went back to school at that point. I got my master's degree in mental health counseling, where it really brought me to the point of being able to work deeply and understand um, in ways that many others can't, what's going on with people. Um, I then continued on, got my doctorate in psychology. Um, so I'm, I'm a psychologist, um, I, but I turned my attention back to the organizational context and working with executives. And then being a glutton for punishment, I got my MBA after that. So I, I was in school, I got two master's degrees and a doctorate in seven years while I was working in, and parenting and, and husbanding and, and all of that stuff. And man, from that point forward, it's amazing because God took me on this wild ride of a journey where, you know, th things didn't necessarily fall into the perfect next step of the perfect path. Things were coming at me in different directions, and there were some ups and downs and some highs and lows. I started a healthcare company, sold a healthcare company, started consulting business, um, went back into you know full time roles, but all of that has been around really helping to change lives and grow leaders. And uh, where I am today, um, two months ago, I started a uh, company, kind of a heart's passion of mine called Leader Thrive to really help leaders to thrive. And, um, you know, three core areas, executive coaching, leadership development and leadership consulting. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that, but, uh, but on, on the more personal side, man, and I mean, this is, this is where my heartbeat is. I've, I've been married to my bride for almost 28 years now. Um, and again, roller coaster ride of highs and lows. We have three kiddos. I've got an older son, a middle son, and then a daughter that we adopted from China when she was nine months old. And uh, man, it, it, life is sweet. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's easy, but every day I'm blessed with um, just what God has placed in my hands to steward. So.
That is awesome, man. I love what you said about the the moment there with the gentleman at Crackle Barrel. And, you know, we all have those life-defining moments. And uh, we do this. That I tell you, we have a men's group, um, entrepreneurs, those kind of things. And one of the things we do in there is we do this timeline where you go back from the moment you're born to where you are now. And we, you go through there and you talk about those life-defining moments. And it is amazing to look back and see some of the things you've done, but how they've defined you. But it, it's, you were almost, that was like a crossroads almost for you, right? Like that has oh, impacted absolutely. and shaped you to where you are now. I'm just kind of curious, um, you know, if that happened now, would there be something, how, how would you handle that situation now? I was just kind of curious. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can think into that because I, you know, I was, I was sitting there, you know, um, the growth that I've been on, like, how would I handle that now? And uh, maybe you got a good answer. I don't know. I was just curious. Well, I'll say this. I think that the person I am today, the experiences that I've had, the the gray that I have in my hair, right? Um, I would not have waited for that moment when I was sitting down across the desk with somebody to come alongside them and recognize the challenge they're going through. I think that today I'm much more aware of the people around. Um, I've, I develop much deeper relationships to really get to know people uh, where they are. I'm not afraid as, you know, a lot, unfortunately, a lot of leaders get really scared with, you know, can I talk about personal things? Can I not talk about personal things? You know, what's, what's that fine line? And, and man, I tell you today, I love people more than I ever have. And I don't think that that should be a scary word for leaders. I think as a leader, if you don't love your people, and I, I'm not talking about appreciate or value or recognize. That's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about love your people. You're missing the opportunity to touch lives like you never would. That's right, man. I, I love that. Totally agree with that. I think that's the foundation. You know, the people we come in contact with, they can tell if you just tolerate them, if you, you just put up with them, or if you truly care about them. And I love what you said right there. And it, it's true. It is the foundation of real, real leadership. There's there's fake leadership out there. And uh, I yeah. think me and you are on the same wavelength about what <laughs> true leadership is. And it starts at the heart of the leader. I love that. And yeah. I think that was a great answer, too. You, you, you mentioned... A lot of times we as leaders will wait, wait too long to come alongside. And there is a proverb that is like, um, I think it goes something like, be sure you know the condition of your flocks, you know, give mm. careful attention to your herds. Uh, and, and really that is a leadership proverb to take notice yeah of the countenance of the people you lead to, to truly know them, to know what's going on in their lives. And I, I agree with you that, Many times we as leaders, we, we have that fear of crossing that line of being too buddy-buddy. Yeah. And um, I know that's the way I was for a long time. You, you got any, <laughs> any thoughts on, on that? How do you um, – I, I, love, I love going down that route with you, but um, any thoughts on how you maintain that leadership but also maintain a 
relationship as well. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a couple of things. And first, let me let me make uh, sure I clarify that when I'm talking about love your people, I'm not talking about intimate relationships that that should be in the context of marriage and family. I, you know, so don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I, I'm not giving a blank check to go out. Great problem. What I mean is when you love your people, it's you are serving them. You're coming alongside them. You know them um, in ways or you create situations and opportunities for you to be known and them to be known um, beyond just what your roles and responsibilities would say. So, you know, I, I think that that in that, if we really look at it, how do we love our people? It's the leader's responsibility to first create the conditions for connection. So what that means for the leader is to ask great questions, to be naturally curious, to engage in dialogue and conversation outside of the normal you know, roles and responsibilities. Leaders, if your only conversation with your team is give me a status update on the projects that you've been working on, what are your timelines, what are your obstacles, what are the roadblocks that you're running into, you're missing the opportunity to really connect and, and to really care about them deeply. So you know, being intentional with those conversations, asking great questions, and it doesn't have to be earth shattering questions is, hey, how are things going for you today? Yeah. To, tell me what happened this past weekend. What what exciting things do you have planned for tonight or tomorrow? Just opening up that door and letting it be safe for your teams to share is critical. Now, that's a leader's responsibility to create the conditions for that. I think the leader also has to show a degree of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So, it's one thing for leaders to walk out and say, I want to have an open door where folks can come in and talk about whatever they want, to share whatever they want. Your folks are going to hear that. But what really makes it come to life, leaders, is when you model that. When you sit down with them and say, hey, you know what, there's something I've been struggling with. I would love to get your thoughts on this. And open up the door for yourself to be vulnerable and to be seen in a different way that that communicates the safety for your team to do the exact same thing. And it starts to build those bridges of connection. Yeah. I like that. You know, as you said, model that vulnerability. I, it, it helps them to in those relationships to buy in to each other. Right. They buy into mm-hmm. you, you buy into them and those kind of things. And I, I am finding it way more, 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 more important that leaders do that right now because yeah. we're seeing the shift. Um, I'm sure you guys are seeing it there as well. But uh, team members or if you want to call them employees, whatever, you, however you want to title it, they've got options now. Uh, they, they can go pretty much wherever they want to. And there's the old adage, people uh, don't quit the, the company, they quit their leader. Yeah. And people have options now, you know, yeah. and I think what you said is going to be key for leaders to thrive. Yeah, yeah leader <laughs> thrive, right? I think that's the key. So 
Yeah. yeah. Any, any, any thoughts on that is uh, kind of what you see coming down is there is a shift there. Yeah. There's a shift. Uh, do you notice that as well? Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and I, I think the, the terminology that's been used to characterize this called the great resignation now. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think that's true, but I think more than that, it's really a great awakening that's coming. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, Corey, um, I made the comment um, as I was working with some leadership teams probably five years ago, five, six years ago. Um, now, I, I did not have a crystal ball for the pandemic. So like, let me just be clear on that. But um, one of the things that I said is for the first time in history, we have four generations that are working in, in organizations at the same time. Yeah. And the, the typical norm of businesses saying, we are extending you an offer. Now you come into our team. Here's our set of rules that you're going to follow. You know, get lockstep and walk through this and everything will be great is no longer in existence. There, there are different needs. There's different dynamics. There are different shifts. And this has put an exciting opportunity really in businesses to bring diversity and connection. And I'm not just talking about from the EEOC um, definition, I'm talking about valuing the uniqueness of every single person that comes in. So it's provided all of this opportunity for it to come together, but it's also created some additional challenges for leaders in how do you honor the richness of, of the unique personalities and perspectives and experiences and differences and all of that with your team, but then also harness the energy and keep everybody moving together toward accomplishing a common goal. That's the real challenge. And man, that is, that's what I love to do that. As you can tell, this gets me a little excited. Um, but that's the difference between the art and science of leadership. It would be great if we can hand every single leader a book and say, go read this when you finish on chapter 300, I'm sorry, page 397, that you're going to walk out and you're going to be an amazing leader. It doesn't work that way. There is an art to leadership because every single person is unique and different and special. And it's how do you look, how do you see, how do you recognize, how do you value, and how do you put into place every single person on your team that can move forward to accomplish the goals yeah. that you collaboratively establish that the business needs, all that. So, uh, man, it's an exciting time. That is, man, I, I love that. You, you put some real color to some, some wording that I like to use that leaders who develop followers or leaders who um, kind of struggling versus leaders who develop other leaders, leaders who develop followers, they treat everybody the same. That's right. But leaders who develop leaders treat everybody differently. And you put some, some great wording right there. It's the difference between the art and the science of leadership. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man, that is, that is <laughs> yeah. awesome. You know, it's so funny. Uh, um, when I worked for a, you know, formal organization back, back in the day, you know, now I have the opportunity to office wherever I want, which is wonderful. I love the freedom and flexibility of that. But in my office, you're going to love this, Corey. I had a, a blank um, 
oil tapestry hung up on my wall. Okay. Now the sensor, if you're familiar with Myers-Briggs, the, the sensors out there, they wanted a picture on there. They, you know, they, they wanted all of this stuff. They wanted to light out and folks would come into my office. They said, what is that? And I said, well, what do you think it is? And, uh, you know, some people were completely freaked out. Other people were like, oh my gosh, this is great. And, and honestly, Corey, for me, it reminded me every morning that each day was a blank tapestry. Mm. And I had the responsibility as a leader, but also the choice of what I was going to do with that. And, you know, when I talk with leaders about helping to maximize their impact and their influence, this is one of the concepts that I bring is look at your team like they are brushes and you are an artist. Each one has a different texture. Each one has a different color. Each one, you know, is, is used in different ways. You've got this aperture. So the, so the question is, how do which brush do you pick up at which time to create the vision that you as a leader are working to, to create, knowing that they are also part of that? And they can go back later and say, look, this is what I did for this. This was my contribution. This is how I made an impact. Man, I, I love that as a picture. Uh, and uh, some people got freaked out with it because they really just wanted to see a picture up on the wall. But for me, it was a reminder that we have a responsibility and an opportunity every day to create a masterpiece. Yeah, man, I love that. That is great. I love that. Uh, every day, every day, that's a great opportunity. So uh, curious, Obviously, you as a leader, you you probably read, and I'm just curious what are you, what are you learning right now as a leader? What what are you pouring into you? Man, I tell you, I, um, I love I love books. Um, I love reading all, all different kinds of books. So the one that I just started that is uh, that's just really really super cool so far is called Mindful Self Discipline. Um, and, and I wish I could remember the name of the author, uh, you know, for folks listening, you can go out there, it's on Amazon, mindful self-discipline. And I think the reason that it's particularly powerful for me right now is kind of a, a theme for me for this year, um, you know, surprise, um, is, is to thrive, um, and thrive is really about creating a powerful direction and in creating success and opportunity where there may be some obstacles. But the other part is, is focus. So, uh, you know, for me, it's that mindfulness that's being very present in the moment, aware of what's going on around, but then the self-discipline and man, we, we live in a world that thrives on distraction. Um, we are inundated from so many different areas. I mean, you, I, I mean, you think about the last two years and how every single day there was a new story and there was new information. And we, and I don't know about you or, or you know, folks listening to to this show, but I felt like every day I was being pulled in all these different directions. And man, I, I just had to turn it off. Um, I had to discipline my mind. I had to discipline my thoughts. I had to discipline my focus. I had to discipline my intentions. And um, so that book in particular is really helping me to anchor into some tools and some um, 
you know, just some real behaviors that are going to help me to do that even better. I like that. That's awesome. Um, a side note right here. You mentioned the word focus. Do you ever do the uh, a word for the year or anything like that? Do you? Oh, yeah. Oh, do you yeah, have a word absolutely. for this year? Well, Thrive is my main one. Yeah. Uh, but but man, I mean, being an overachiever, I, I, I have like four or five different words. So so Thrive is my main one. Um, focus is right under that because I know the focus is going to lead to thriving. And then um, right under focus, there's a concept that I talk about. There, there's three commitments that um, that I've made in my life that I've discovered over the years are critical to success. And, and one of the aspects of one of those uh, commitments is dream it and do it. Um, and so for me, it's dreaming it now, get out and do it and, and focus and drive and execute. So I like that, man. That, that's awesome. Hey, 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 how about you? Yeah. Did you have a word well, for this year? Well, when you said the word focus, that is my, my word for the year. And, and, um, I guess it's probably about three years ago. I heard, um, Mark Cole, he's the CEO of the John Maxwell organization. Anyway, he talked about his word for the year. I was like, huh, that's interesting. So I prayed about it. And uh, uh-huh. my, three years ago, my word for the year was surrender. I was like, oh, I don't know if I like that word. <laughs> you oh know? My and, and uh, I, you know, I'd get going through the months and, uh, all right, Lord, what's, what's, what's the word for the day? Surrender. So, oh, I've already done that. Let's <laughs> anyway, um, but my word for this year is focus. And, uh-huh. and I think you're exactly right. It's so easy to get distracted. Um, I did a, I just decided for the month of November, I would I would do no social media. I logged out of all social media. Okay. People on my people listening, they won't be able to see this, but on YouTube, you'll you'll be able to. But for the month of November, I didn't do any social media. But anytime I pick up my phone, my thumb would automatically in that amazing go right there to where my social media apps were. And as like I didn't even think about it. So something so small like that is so easy to get distracted by. And um yeah. Man, if you're going to thrive as a leader, you get, one got to know where you're going, and then be able to focus on that. Yeah. Not, not, I call it SOS, get shiny object syndrome. So, yeah. anyway, interesting. Man, that, that. that that is so true, and I, you know, I I applaud you for for turning that off. I I do that periodically. I, I'm, and for me, it's almost like a detox um, yeah. where I, I have to go through a 30 day detox uh, of social media because you get in just a repetitive habit and it really becomes a problem when when you don't even think about it it it, it just becomes involuntary where you're clicking a button on your phone now there's there's powerful pieces and important pieces where you don't have to think through everything Mm -hmm. it's kind of the habits in our lives but social media should not be one of those right (laughs) (laughs) that's right and i you know and i yeah i didn't even miss it so anyway it was just interesting uh with your psychological major (laughs) automatically wanted to go over there you know so it's like pavlov's dog right (laughs) yeah always going back to it so well um Jason, I, I want to talk a little bit about Leader Thrive. You've mentioned it a little bit, uh, and you've got some awesome things coming up. So tell us a little bit about your company and what you're doing to help leaders um, right now. And, and I know you've done some shifting a little bit. And just tell us a little bit about that, how you can help leaders right now. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. So, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, my heart's passion is just really helping leaders to thrive. And, uh 
and it's interesting when I made the decision to step away from uh, from full time employment. Uh, I, I was having conversation with a great, great friend of mine um, who's actually going to be on an upcoming uh, episode of my podcast called Leader Thrive Podcast. But uh, but he said, so tell me what you're doing. I said, man, you're going to love this. This is great. I'm going to be helping to lead change in organizations and grow leaders and create strategy. And, and he just looked at me over a, a, a chip with queso. And, uh, and he said, it's too much. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I love all of these things. He's like, no, I, I get it. <laughs> I know you love all these things. But he said, if you can think about what's the one thing that if you can come in and make a mark and leave leave a legacy that's going to truly change um, and, and create success, what would that be? I was like, man, it's, it's all about growing leaders. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, that's really where my focus is. Um, really three core areas. And, and I love to work at the individual leader, at the team level. And, and also at the organization, knowing that every single one of those, there's so much opportunity to grow. I mean, every one of us has heard that everything rises and falls on leadership, right? And that is so, so true. And in particular today, but the reality is a lot of organizations, a lot of executive leaders don't put the focus that there should be until it's too late. And then they're trying to, trying to get the toothpaste back in the tube. So, uh, you know, from an individual standpoint, um, I mentioned before executive coaching. So really two different types of coaching, man. And um, the first is success coaching. So these are leaders that are rock stars where they are, but want to continue to take their leadership to a whole new level. Um, so, you know, come alongside them, work individually, but then also, uh, and this is something that really gets me excited, is called transi- executive transition coaching. And research has shown that on average, so, so we talk about CEOs, when a CEO moves into a new role, they stay in the new role on average 14 months. Wow. So you think about the investment made from a from a recruiting standpoint and coming in and, you know, the, the, you know, business plans that are predicated on a, a stable executive team and within 14 months of a new leader coming in, oftentimes they're, they're moving somewhere else, either their choice or the organization's choice. So transition coaching is really coming in around these leaders, helping them to align with the organization uh, align with their strategy and the organization strategy to build amazing relationships up, down, across, outside. Um, third is to really execute well in their new role. And then fourth is to evaluate their results. So, man, we're seeing the impact of leaders in that type of solution and that type of partnership exponentially higher than those that are just hired, given a desk and say, now go figure it out on your own. So super excited about that. The, the second area is leadership development. And uh, man, this is where I'm, I'm going to get really excited again. Um, I have been so blessed to enter a relationship with the center for creative leadership um, they are, they've been around since 1874. So they are the world's leader of 
leadership content, leadership learning content. So courses, programs, all kinds of stuff. I've entered a strategic relationship with them where we are creating together amazing programs that are either standalone and certification programs for leaders. So emerging leaders, leaders that have been in role for at least five years, and then also senior executive leaders that are really focused on building a legacy. So all of those programs, we've got three that are coming out here at the first of the year, creating accountability, uh, feedback that works, and step up to conflict. I'm sure folks listening to this, none of those topics are going to resonate with them. So no, I'm just kidding. I think, I think every organization and every leader would say, my gosh, we need all of those. But um, we're going to have even more coming out as we go through the year. And then the third area is leadership consulting. And this is really coming into organizations that don't have a good picture of what great leadership looks like for them. So they may not know how to hire for great leaders. They may not know how to develop great leaders, evaluate great leaders, recognize and reward great leaders. So uh, my team and I will come in, work deeply with them to crystallize what great leadership looks like, and then lay the foundation to build their leaders, not just today, but also into the future. So, so three core areas, the executive coaching, the leadership development, the leadership consulting, man, all of that, though, focused on growing leaders that really have an impact in moving the needle and delivering outcomes and results in businesses. Oh, I like that. You, you mentioned a, a word of recognizing leadership. Mm. And, you know, there's one thing to develop leaders, but the ability to recognize ability, yeah. man, that is a skill that um, it's, it's sometimes hard to get across. And uh, that is yeah. a skill that can be developed yeah. too, though. But uh, that is a skill to the ability to recognize ability and you guys helping leaders like that. That's, that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I love what you're what you're doing. That's the whole reason I got into doing what I do is to develop leaders because the yes. same thing is if you can develop leaders, that net is cast wider, that influence is cast wider. And um, yeah, I, I think you make a major impact on organizations, communities, really wherever leadership is needed, which is everywhere. everywhere. You guys can serve them. That is that is awesome. Um, I, Jason, I really um, I want to see too. Is is there anything that um, you'd love to leave with our listeners to, that would add value to them? Any any lesson that you've learned that you would that you would like to uh, get across to them, or anything like that? I know that's a broad uh, statement, but a lot of times when you ask that, there sometimes a lesson that pops to mind. So anything come to mind for you? Oh my gosh. I love anything that I would want to, there, there's so much that I would want to leave. Um, I tell you one of the things that I often hear, and this is, you know, what, what makes a great leader? Um, you know, is, is there, is there one or two things that you could say really make a great leader? And I actually did just a, a little video segment on this a couple of days ago, and it, it's just still resonating with me. I, th I think part of it is because of the season that I'm in, but also the season that all of us as of leaders have been in, in particular over the last couple of years. And I would say this, that leaders have a great figure it out factor. Mm. 
that leaders don't necessarily sit back and wait for the answers to be given in in a world of complexity and and changing priorities and things shifting all the time and things moving all the time lead the the best leaders great leaders have an awesome figure it out factor which means they sit down in the moment they take a look at what's going on around them they make quick determinations of of the landscape and what's happening, what are the potential paths moving forward? Let's evaluate, you know, pros and cons, and then be able to move forward. And, you know, Corey, I think that a portion of that um, can be taught and developed um, just by, you know, implementing some, some really quick practices, but also a part of that just happens by going through it. Um, you know, going all the way back to the first question that you asked about the gentleman that was sitting across the desk from me, what in looking back with who I am today, how would I have done that differently? I would have figured out a solution earlier for that person. And part of that is, was determined by experiences that I've had after that. Um, but that, that great figure it out factor continues to shift. And, uh, and what's required for an amazing leader and a figure it out factor when they are entry level in their role is very, very different than when they're a C-suite leader. So, um, but I think overall, developing that great figure it out factor is so critical for amazing leaders. Wow, that's awesome. I love the figure it out factor. I, I wrote down what you said. I thought that was thought that was great. You said, uh, sit down, kind of disengage and look around at options. Basically, you know, yeah. great leaders, that's what they do is if you're a leader, there's going to be challenges, right? There's that's exactly be challenges. right. And if there was no challenge, there'd be no need for a leader. <laughs> so I, I love what you said is it's not necessarily saying there is no challenge, but it's yeah. taking a step back, looking around at what are our options and making a decision. So Man, that is great. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, Jason, right. go for it. Go for it, buddy. Oh, no, man. I, I, I was just going to say, one of the things that hit me, we, we were talking about earlier, vulnerability, and it kind of goes into this figure it out factor as well, yeah. um, it, that I want to spot. You, you know, Brene Brown does, you know, all kinds of work on on courage and vulnerability, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I would say, for leaders, we're not necessarily looking for you to stand up in, in front of your group and say, woe is me. I'm being really, really vulnerable. Everything stinks. It's horrible. <laughs> you know, that, that, that doesn't inspire great leadership. So there's a balance between optimism and realism. There's no room for pessimism in leadership. But the vulnerability is, you know what, folks, this is hard. Yeah, folks, this is tough. You know, I, I know you're going through it. I'm going through it. But I believe in you. I believe in us. I believe in this team. I believe in this organization. So it's that optimism and the realism combined with that great figure it out factor. Man, that is a rocket ship for leaders and, and builds the connection with the team, the relatability with the team and creates a, a really an environment where everybody can do that. Yeah, man, that is good. Good stuff. That is great advice right there. And I've got one last question for you, Jason. And uh, mm -hmm. if, if um, you know, the old, old quote that uh, not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. So if, <laughs> if, if you could just recommend one book 
to our listeners. Uh, it, it may be a famous one everybody's read, or it may be one we've never heard of. I'm just curious, if you could recommend mm. one book for leaders, what, what book would that be? All right. So, you know, it's the first one I would say is the Bible. Um, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that, that, that for me is just, just so critical and, and part of my reading every day. But if I were to recommend another kind of contemporary book, I, I have read this probably five different times, Essentialism by Greg McCowan. Okay. Love, love that book. Um, and I think for me in particular, that is very driven by accomplishing more and more and more and more. That challenges me every single time I read it to what are the really core things? Because the reality is we can do anything but we can't do everything. And the key is recognizing what my, what yours, what the listeners, what your calling is in this moment and giving your best to that um, with clarity, with focus, with intentionality. So Essentialism by Greg McCowan. Essentialism. I've, I've seen that. I think I've got it in my, my cart in, on Audible, but I have not listened to it or have not read it. And uh, definitely, definitely all in with you with the Bible. Uh, real quick, we are going through a uh, read the Bible in 31 day challenge. <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah. And it is really interesting at, you know, kind of where, where I am now, because I'm, I'm like your love leadership. So a lot of things get filtered through leadership. And it's interesting to see the leadership mistakes and then also the, the awesome leadership uh, things that are happening. You know, we're still early on in the um, Old Testament right now, but it's really interesting the leadership mistakes that you see and and really where leaders have stepped up to. So interesting yeah, there. I love that. Yeah. I, reading the Bible through those different lenses, man, I mean, it's amazing the principles of leadership that just jump off the page as, as you're going through. And, and, you know, I, that's, that's real cool. I can't wait to hear how that goes for you. It's been really good. Been really good. Awesome. Jason, you've added a ton, a ton of value to, to our listeners who are leaders. Uh, and, and I really appreciate your opportunity to, to come on and uh, you share your wisdom with our listeners. Hey, if anybody wanted to connect with you, they wanted to follow up with you, how would they do that? What's the best way to get in touch with you, Jason? Absolutely. Probably the best way is uh, through my website. It is uh, leaderthrive.us. That's leaderthrive.us. I'm also very, very active on, on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, you can go to Leader Thrive on those as well. So that's, that's probably the best, best way. And uh, would love to connect with, with any of your listeners and support you on your leadership journeys. Awesome. So leaderthrive.us on social media, and then also has the podcast Leader Thrive. And we'll put that in the, the show notes. And I got the opportunity to come on and uh, talk with Jason on his podcast. He's got a great, great stuff going on there. So Jason, really appreciate you coming on today. Added a ton of value, like I said. And hey, uh, for those of you listening, I know Jason has added value to you. If there's been anything that he said or anything that's impacted you or stood out to you, uh, comment below and I'll make sure to share that along to uh, pass that along to Jason and make sure to subscribe and share uh 
uh, to stay up to date. So appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great day and God bless. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself, audit yourself, and change your life? Hey guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment, please subscribe, give us a rate and review on your listening platform, and hey, we value your feedback, and it helps others find us. Are you ready for this?